if you wanted to be really cool, cooler than me, I would spend a night out there. You are crazy. And you would wake up in this no, abandoned hotel you. looking at these views. Um, <laughs> the Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, episode 373. Croatia has a lot of national parks, including Plitvice Lakes. And with 38.3% of its total land area protected land, Croatia ranks in the top 15 countries in the world. But it's still a far cry from being number one. Any idea what country's number one? Stick around to the end and I'll give you the answer. I was super excited to go back to Croatia for a third time for a lot of reasons. Dubrovnik, Split, the amazing seafood, the beautiful coast, and all the fun that can be had in that wonderful country. But I was also excited for this trip because it was the very first time I was going to be taking my Suaves International, and I ran them through the ringer on this 11-day trip. They're actually the only pair of shoes that I brought on this 11-day trip outside of a pair of water shoes that I used to go into the water on the beach, and they held up phenomenally well. I took my navy blue Suaves with me, and I absolutely loved using them, and they are now my favorite travel shoe. I will not be traveling without a pair of Suaves ever again. So if you want to find my favorite travel shoe, you can go to Suaves, S-U-A-V-S dot com. You can use the promo code EPOP and that'll get you 15% off your order. And don't forget, they're unisex. During this trip, we had quite a few mishaps, and if you listen to our other podcast entitled Croatian Mishaps, you probably heard about a few of those. Two of those were that we had our luggage lost on the way there, and we had our luggage lost on the way back. Now, if you listen to this podcast, you know I am not usually a big proponent of checking luggage, but in this case, we had extenuating circumstances. We had to have a car seat with us and some other stuff for wit, so there was no way around checking his stuff. But this just served as a reminder to me of why I am so adamant about only taking on carry-on luggage, because I hate the fact that the airlines can lose your luggage. And again, we saw this happen. We were batting a 1,000 here for lost luggage luggage on this trip, both there and back. So if you are looking for the best carry-on backpack, one that you do not have to check, that you can throw in the overhead compartment, there is no chance that the airline is going to lose your luggage, check out tortugabackpacks.com. They've got a variety of different backpacks over there. You can check that out. And don't forget, use the promo code EPOP, that's E-P-O-P, all capital letters, that'll get you 10% off your entire order. Hello, travel nerds, and welcome to the Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, the show that teaches you how to travel more while spending less. I'm your host, Travis Sherry, and joining me today is someone who is still somehow tempting me with Girl Scout cookies. <laughs> I thought the season was over. I thought I had made it through only eating two Girl Scout cookies this year, and somehow she has two more boxes of the best ones, Thin Mints and 
the Samoas or whatever, whatever they're Caramel called delights? now. Caramel Samoas? delights? I don't know. I can't remember. I guess I could go look at the box, but this is not my fault. Your sister gave them to me. I don't know where she found them or how she got them in the end of May, but I'm sorry. I'll eat them all. Me and the baby will eat them all. Don't worry. There's still Girl Scout cookies floating around somehow. I thought I had put on enough weight as we went to Croatia, and that's what we're going to be talking about today, our last trip to Croatia and our Croatia destination diary. And then I come home thinking, time to get fit. Here we go, Trav. And there are two boxes of Girl Scout cookies. Self-control. You can yeah, do it. Not something I know that well, as evidenced by this destination diary, because we're talking a lot about eating and the best things to do in Croatia. So if you guys are new to the podcast, welcome. This is our destination diary series where we dive into a city region, sometimes a whole country, as we'll do today with Croatia. And we give you our on the ground report, the best places to eat, drink, things to do places to stay. We don't pull any punches. This is what we enjoyed. And we give you an overview of that from our perspective. And it's super fun. Yeah. And we decided that because we've been to Croatia three times and we did our first destination diary over 300 episodes ago. Episode, so, I think, 65. Yeah, it's definitely time to do a new one. We went to a lot of the same spots. We went to some new spots. So we'll be covering the city of Zagreb, which is the first time we've gone here. And then we'll be doing the Dalmatian coast. The second time we went to Croatia, we did Istria, which is a beautiful region with lots of wineries. And we decided that we should do a separate episode on that so that you're not overwhelmed with all of this. Croatia information. Right. So it's easy for you to break it out. So today, Zagreb, which we only spent one night in, so that'll be a quick hitter. And then the Dalmatian coast, split Dubrovnik, which we certainly do, and the island of Korchula this time, which we certainly do know better than the rest of Croatia, because that's where we spent most of our time. And the Istrian one will be coming out later. And we should hopefully be bringing on a special guest, my buddy Nick, who knows the peninsula, the Istrian peninsula very well, who wants to move there and has <laughs> a lot of information about wineries. Yeah, even more than us, especially because I was also pregnant the last time we were in Croatia. So we only went to a few wineries and so there's so many there. Here's how we're going to do it today. We'll start in Zagreb because you're going to follow the itinerary of our trip. That makes it nice and easy. So we'll start in the city of Zagreb. Zagreb. We'll make our way down to Plitvice Lakes. We've got a super important piece of information about that beautiful national park that you're going to want to hear, something we wish we had known. Uh, we'll go down to Split, over to the island of Korchula, come back to the coast for um, or go through the Peljesic Peninsula, come back on the coast into Dubrovnik, which some of you may know even without knowing it. We'll talk about what that means there. You may have seen it many times without knowing that's what you were watching. And that'll wrap us up. And of course, at the very end, as always with our Destination Diaries, we don't tell each other this beforehand, but we'll do our can't miss. We'll do our, eh, this is a thing. Maybe if you don't have enough time, you could skip. And then a We'll do our wish we had done, something that we didn't get to do on this trip, but we wish we had done and gives us a reason to come back. So, Heth, let's start in Zagreb. First time we had been there. Again, we only spent about a day and a half there on this trip. It was a cool cool capital city and super accessible. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's a really beautiful city. The airport is brand new. Two so, years old. Yeah, it feels like you're the only one there. It's nice. It's uh, small and manageable. You just kind of walk out, you get your rental car, and you leave. So it was a great airport to fly in and out of. Yeah, about 20-minute drive, so we drove it. You could take a taxi, obviously, if you didn't have a rental car. We grabbed the rental car because we actually had a rental car for this whole trip. 
I would kind of just at the top of the show, driving in Croatia is pretty easy. When you get into the old city parts, it can get small and narrow and parking might be a little hard to find. So in the old city of Dubrovnik, very difficult to park. Actually, most of it's pedestrian only. So that might be a little hairy, but overall, really nice highways. So if you want to explore, I I would highly recommend if you were going to take a trip similar to what we were doing, getting a rental car, easy to drive, not that expensive. And it just allows you to go to anywhere you want to a lot of these small towns. Yeah, I would highly recommend a car too, because the beauty of Croatia is its landscape. And to drive through it is as much fun as exploring the cities and the towns and in the beaches. Yeah, you can also take cars on all the ferries, which we did, and we'll talk about that. It's a, you know, it's obviously more expensive than just being a passenger on a ferry, but it's very reasonable. Certainly worth it. So, talking about Zagreb, we stayed at, and Heather, you booked this, so I want you to give some love. I'll give you some love. This was a great <laughs> place. You give it some love. Hotel Academia. This is in that capital region. It's just at the top of what they call Upper Town, and it was a perfect base for exploring. The city of Zagreb. It was a great location and the hotel was beautiful. It actually had a grocery store and a pharmacy on the first level. Like they have a little shopping area and then the hotel is above it. And it's right at the top of the beautiful pedestrian street that you can walk all the way down into like kind of the center of Zagreb. So I highly recommend this hotel. It was really reasonably priced. I think we paid maybe 120 a night. I checked today. It said it was 102. So it's a pretty reasonable hotel for a great location. Yeah. Depending how you want to do this trip, you can you can certainly do Croatia cheaper. But what we've noticed is Croatia is getting more expensive. And so we used to say, ah, it might be a little cheaper than Italy. I think now, just anecdotally, as we've gone through, it's probably more expensive than Italy. Still maybe, cheaper than yeah. Paris or something. Sure. But it's the prices are rising and especially for accommodation. So as, and and eating out, we noticed a lot with eating out. Yeah, eating out as well. Kind of your two maybe your two main expenses at least when you get to an area. So Hotel Academia for a 3/4 slash star hotel. I think it was 4 stars. Yeah, you know the rating system in Europe yeah. it's like if you have certain things you're 3 or 4. I think it was 4. Definitely a cool spot. Great location, 100, little over 100 bucks. And they had the parking. It. If you do have a car, I think it was only 12 euros a day for you know, 24 hours. And if you have kids, it's really convenient for having the grocery store and the pharmacy because if you need to buy diapers or food or something, it's just right there. So I found that to be really convenient. Yeah, you can get cheaper places. You could, We saw some nicer, nice apartments that were cheaper. We didn't really want to deal with that because we were only staying one night. So we just said, let's get in a hotel that's nice and easy and let's go from there. Right, as Heather mentioned, you can easily walk down the pedestrian street. It's right there. It's about maybe a 20-minute walk to the train station, which splits Upper Town and Lower Town. There's not that much to do in Lower Town. So from 20 minutes, you know, if you're at the north with Hotel Academia, and if you consider like the south of where you probably, south end of where you would want to be, the train station, it's a 20-minute walk in between. You see everything that Zagreb has to offer. So again, really super accessible. Yeah, we walked the entire day that we were there all around the city. And just the architecture and the parks that they have are just so beautiful. It was a really amazing city that I was impressed with because I didn't know that much about it before we went. 
And I didn't really look up a lot of pictures or anything like that. I mean, we booked this whole trip actually with a mistake fare from our Jetto app. And I think the round trip was only 330 or something. $330 round trip yeah. from Philadelphia to Zagreb. Which was amazing. And so that's why we went to Zagreb because of that mistake fare. But I'm so glad that we did because it was really, really cool. And Trav found out that they had some tunnels in the city that were built during World War II as a bomb shelter, which we also walked through. Because of course, Trav likes all of these. And I do too, but especially Trav really likes these interesting Yeah, there is a things. lot of, in such a, in a city so small, like Zagreb, or at least the, the core is small, that where you'll be hanging out, that there's a lot to do. And that includes a lot of pretty interesting museums that we didn't get a chance to do. We just kind of wandered around. There's some beautiful parks and gardens, including like a three block long park, essentially, that runs straight up from the train station north. And there's some different buildings there. Some of those are museums to see. But the tunnels are really cool. Built as a bomb shelter in World War II. Used again during the Croatian War. And then opened everyone in 2016. And there's like one main tunnel and two little spurs off it. So I had heard about it. And then as we were walking around, I'm like, oh, wait, there are the tunnels. And we just walked through and we ended up on the other side and then Next found our way the around. to the smallest cable car funicular in the world or something that like true. that. That is true. The smallest. <laughs> the shortest. Shortest tracked vehicle or something like that in the world it was this funicular that if you didn't take the funicular it would take you three minutes to walk <laughs> so that was pretty Maybe interesting five. we didn't do it um but of course you know i like the shortest smallest all that kind of stuff so definitely find the tunnels walk through them they're pretty easy to find they're short it doesn't take very long to walk through be, them. like a five minute walk through um a few of the museums that we didn't get to go to but i just wanted to highlight that i found to be pretty interesting because a city this size has a lot of history and a lot of cool museums. The Museum of Broken Relationships. This was actually <laughs> recommended to us by uh, an EPOP fan and my bookkeeper, Cliff. I saw it on all the signs. I'm like, what is this? I thought it had something to do with like maybe broken relationships of like the war, this and that. It's ju- It's actually just a museum to highlight broken relationships. Like we're talking about love relationships and uh, we didn't get to go in, but apparently it's pretty neat. It sounds very interesting and unique, but we, when we were in Zagreb, we had the most beautiful day with the sun shining and it was 75 degrees Fahrenheit. So we just spent most of our time outside because we only had the one day. But another museum that I think would be interesting would be the Tesla Museum. And we're not talking about the car, we're talking about the scientist. And... I think that that would be cool. I, I probably would have chosen that one out of the three. I probably would have. Yeah. So we played cool. a game. Who would choose what museum yeah. with, with my parents when we were there? Because everywhere you look, there's a bunch of signs pointing you different directions to at, to a lot of different museums. Zagreb is very well signposted. And Heather chose the Tesla Museum. So did my dad. I thought the Museum of Broken Relationships would be my number one, but there was actually another one. I would have went to two because I'm a big <laughs> sports fan. If you're a sports fan, there's the Drazen Petrovic Museum. He I don't a, even know who that is. I've never basketball, heard of this person. Croatian basketball star in the early 90s who died tragically in a car accident. He was playing in the NBA. It was, I think he had played three seasons. He was really coming up as like a superstar. Young dude, great shooter, and died while playing with the Croatian national team. Uh, in a car accident. So he's he's not, I don't want to say a folk hero because that makes it fake, but he's a big time hero in Croatia because he's one of the first superstars to come from there and play in the NBA. 
Um, so that would have been really unique and interesting to me. And apparently his family still owns, like, I think they run the museum. And they own a stand in the stadium. You could go to the stadium. So I would have liked to do that for sure. So those are some of the things to do. But really, one of the best things to do is just wander around the city. Again, super easy to walk around. And when you're wandering, of course, you're going to get hungry. So let's talk about a few of the places that we hit in our one and a half days of being in Zagreb. The first of those being Heather was sick the first night. Yeah, I don't know. The flight combined with like Wit not being, Wit was a little sick before we left. So I don't know if I had whatever he had. But the first night we got to our hotel around 4 p.m. And I just stayed in the hotel. But Trav went out with his parents and Wit and they went to Pizzeria Cariola. Cariola. And this was a, uh, later I found out the locals favorite pizza joint. It was great. It was cheap-ish, like $10 or $9 for a pizza that was huge, like a huge pizza that easily could have been split. Basically, we got three pizzas for three people, and we ended up eating two. So right. that Well, you be- brought some extra back for right, me. Right. So we brought some extra. So we ate two there between three adults and wit. So yeah. they're pretty big if you get the big size. It's in a cool little back courtyard, and they also, if you go up the stairs, have like a wine bar that you're not in a tree house but you're like elevated so that was pretty neat um and that i assume would be pretty popping off come the weekend yeah it was a beautiful restaurant because we went back to this other restaurant that was underneath it and so i got to see what it looked like and it's really pretty so it's got nice ambiance which you all know if you've listened to my to the podcast before that I love, you know, cool restaurants with a nice ambiance. It's kind of like a date night feel. So I would definitely recommend that because I did eat the pizza also and it was really, really good. Yeah. And then right below that in this same courtyard, just not as far up the steps, literally right below is called Molly Bar. M-A-L-I. Yeah, Molly Bar. And our friend Nick had recommended this because he had friends who had said it was great. Again, we went, this is like small tapas, little bit expensive but very much unique fancier and unique and, yes. and by, i don't mean fancy like you have to dress up just like the food was it was kind of a gourmet, gourmet feel ish. it has a, a chef that is it's an asian tapas kind of inspired place i wouldn't say asian i would say more mediterranean middle eastern middle eastern and Mid- asian i guess okay. they have yeah, yeah, I don't know. It was it was it was very interesting. Menu. It was eclectic. It was good. They had some nice wine. I didn't have any, but Trav's dad did. He had so, a lot. Yeah, he had a lot. It was a really good experience and very unique food. And it is, I guess, a celebrity TV chef in Croatia who runs this, which is unique because it's a really small place and a really small kitchen. So I guess that's the unique part of it is that this celebrity chef is just running a small maybe 25 seat little place tucked back in a courtyard. So definitely recommend hitting Pizzeria Cariola and Molly Bar. Those were two of our favorites and they're both right next to each other. So you can do both. You could do a little bang bang there <laughs> and it's a great, great spot. If you're looking for quick fast food, this was my mom's favorite. and had, I loved it too. Loved it too. I was really surprised. So we read about the best sandwich shop in Zagreb. And if you come to Zagreb, you like have to go to this sandwich shop. Someone actually said, you haven't been to Zagreb if you haven't eaten at Pingvin. <laughs> P-I-N-G-V-I-N. And I was a little skeptical because you never know with these, you know, it's a stall. It's a sandwich shop that's kind of in a kiosk. And we went and I just got 
a grilled chicken sandwich. It was super simple. It had lettuce, mayo, tomato. That that was it, I think. And it was delicious. It, it was, was so four good. Bucks. Yeah, it was really cheap. And your mom got a burger and fries. And it's and open for, I think, uh, like late into the night. So it's kind of a Zagreb institution. So yeah. if you want quick, fast, good food. Cheap. Cheap. Pingvin. We went to two places for gelato, of course. Uh, I thought this was in three hours. We didn't have that much time. So we hit two gelato places that I kind of saw were recommended. I thought Chocolate 041, that's the name of it. Chocolate 041 was better than Amelie. Um, And Amelie is more of a bake shop that's supposed to be pretty decent. Their gelato was just okay. Chocolate 041, good stuff. Favorite gelato ever? No. But above average gelato. So you know I'm always looking for above average ice cream. That was pretty decent there if we're talking about that. And it was right next to a place that we went for coffee so that you could get a artisanal neat coffee and you could speak to the coffee shop and yes. what you thought of that. It was very good. It was, of course, a hipster because it was kind of in this um, courtyard that was a shopping area, you know, like with an indoor shopping mall. And we couldn't find it at first. And Travis was like, I think it might be in the shopping mall. And I'm like, no, if this is a hipster coffee shop, it's not going to be in a shopping mall. And sure enough, it was kind of around the corner in this open courtyard where, you know, it has the coffee shop, but it also had a lot of outdoor seating. And it was called Cogito, Cogito, I think Cogito. And we'll link this up in the show notes. The coffee was pretty good. Our pronunciation of some of these places is going to be very wrong. So we'll just kind of try to do it phonetically. (laughs) And if you speak Croatian. We're really sorry. (laughs) We're really sorry. So the coffee shop was good. I, we went to a coffee shop in Split that I thought was better. We'll get to Which that. also I think has one in Zagreb, but we didn't know at the time. So um, I guess if you're in Zagreb, that coffee shop was called D12, right? There is one in Zagreb? I don't think so. Oh, maybe I'm incorrect with that. Never mind. Scratch that. But we went to Cogito. It's definitely worth going. The coffee was good, but it wasn't my best coffee of the trip. I think it's the other way around that Cogito is in Zagreb and Split oh, and D12 is, is just, just in, in Split. Split. Okay. Either way. Yeah, you check it out. We'll link it all up. <laughs> um, last little note on Zagreb. Again, we we're there for a day and a half. Really liked it. If you're looking to drink a little bit, the Tolkien House and the Craft Room are two craft beer places basically right next door to each other. And they're right on this little pedestrian. Well, I did see a car driving up, but it's basically just this little road straight south through the park of the Academia Hotel. You know, it's a nice, easy walk. You're, you're there in like four minutes. And it's just all these restaurants and bars lying in the streets. So super nice to sit outside, have a beer, some cool ambiance there at the Tolkien House and at the craft room. So from that, what we decided to do, and we were inland when you're in Zagreb. And, you know, it's a bit of a hike to the coast. But one of the reasons that we went to Zagreb and stayed there a little bit, A, we flew in there with super cheap tickets using the Jetto app. But B, we also wanted to go to Plitvice Lakes, which you can do as a day trip from Zagreb. But we figured, hey, we've got a car. It's on the way down to the coast. So what we'll do is we will spend a night in Plitvice. So we drove from Zagreb to Plitvice, which was a decent drive, about a couple hours. And then we were going to, we spent the night in Plitvice and we were waking up the next morning to go to Plitvice National Lakes, National Park. 
And I have to say, this is one of the things I was most looking forward to because we've this is our third time to Croatia and we've still never done Plivice Lakes. And when we were there the first time, we stayed at an Airbnb in Split and our host highly recommended it, but it was kind it's far from Split and we didn't go that far north, so we just didn't have time for it. So we planned it specifically into Specifically our, and into we've our had itinerary. a few friends who have gone there and everyone just raves about Plivice Lakes being just absolutely incredible. So we're like, okay, this is a perfect time. Time. We'll go a little bit out of, out of our way to go here. We'll spend a night there. So we show up the next day at Plavise Lakes National Park. Super excited. We come up around 11 a.m. And what we found out, and this is new in 2019, especially new in spring of 2019, is that they started selling tickets online so you could buy your tickets online to then have entry. So, you know, you buy ahead and you say, all right, I want a ticket for the noon or one or 2 p.m. So we had no idea that they limited the amount of people who went in each hour to a certain amount because they've never done this before. The reason they're doing it is because it's becoming so popular. It's so awesome. It's becoming so popular. So it's kind of a victim of its own success there. And so they have started to have to limit the amount of people who could go in at once which meant they were selling online tickets. Well, we didn't know that. So we stood in line for about 45 minutes to get to the front where they said, oh, you're going to have to wait another hour to buy tickets. So it was it was like 11.45. And they're like, all right, you're going to have to wait till one to buy tickets. So like, all right, not that big of a deal. And like, yeah, except when you buy tickets at one, that is going to allow you to enter at three. <sighs> and we're like, wait. So we have to wait in line another hour to then wait for two hours to be able to enter. And they said, yes. Yeah. And so, if maybe if it was just Trav and me, but we have wit, we have Trav's parents, we're not going to wait around all day to go into the park. And then we still had to drive from the park to split that night. So we planned, you know, just to go into the park in the morning, spend two or three hours, and then in the afternoon drive to split. So we, we just had to bail. Yeah. Which is awful. Um, public service announcement, though, make our misfortune yes. be your opportunity, and that is to buy your tickets ahead of time online. You know, just do it. I don't know how far in advance you, you have to buy them. I thought or how they far in said two can. days in advance at the least, but I'm not 100% sure on that. So just to be safe, book it. Be, if you're planning to go, just book it right. ahead, which we could have easily done. I was like kicking myself, but whatever. We all make mistakes. And I just wanted to note that if you don't have time to go to Plitvice or if something like this happens to you and you can't enter, there is another national park that we found out about later and we didn't know because we kind of passed right by it on the yep. way to Split. And it has waterfalls and it's almost as beautiful or just as beautiful, maybe more beautiful depending on I mean, your We haven't been either, preference. so who but knows? But it's called Kirka National Park, K-R- K-A. And from the pictures, it just looks stunning. And I don't think it's as popular. Yeah, it's so, way less. I think they take a lot of groups on day trips and stuff, but it's way less popular with kind of, with travelers coming, coming through, I guess I should say. Yeah. So, and if we had known about this, maybe we would have tried to stop on the way down to Split. I mean, it would have been a little out of the way, but at least we could have got our fill of a national park. So either one, I think, would or be... Both. Or, or both. Or both. I mean, hey, would you be, can do both. Um, really amazing. And I'm just looking at a picture online and there is like this beautiful little island in the middle of a lake there that has like this beautiful monastery. Kind of reminds me of 
lake blood in Slovenia. So I think that the Kirka National Park would be pretty sweet as well. Yeah, you bring up lake blood. That is, let me just mention quickly. <laughs> If you fly into Zagreb, if you're in Zagreb, a lot of people take day trips to Lake Bled and Ljubljana, which we've done a Slovenia destination diary. We love Slovenia. I Amazing didn't realize country. how close they were to each other. So from Zagreb, you can get to Lake Bled in two, two and a half hours. You can get to Ljubljana in about an hour and a half. So if you're in Zagreb, instead of going south or, or if you have some time in Zagreb, we didn't. That's another thing you could do. And go up to Slovenia and then come back and then make your way down the coast. So we didn't do that this time, but we have been to Ljubljana and Lake Bud, and it is definitely well worth a day or two, in my mind, even more, um, if you have it to go up to Slovenia. But we didn't. We went south. We tried to get into Plovice. We couldn't. We got in the split, and five years ago... Four years ago, five years ago, we stayed in Split for two and a, two weeks, and that was when we first did our destination diary. And so we have a few little things to add to this, but we were only in Split for a night, a day and a night and a day here. So we went through pretty quickly. When we talk about places to stay, you neither of the times have we stayed in Diocletian's Palace. So it's the, I think, best preserved Roman palace in the world, and it is beautiful right it's there on the promenade of split. absolutely beautiful. Split is such a pretty little city and it's right on the coast. Obviously it has a huge port and it has the most ferries I think going out of it because there's a lot of islands right off of split and we just we love it there. I think it's a, a beautiful old city to just walk through. It's not as popular or crowded as Dubrovnik. So it just feels you know like a little more relaxing. Yeah, and so you can stay in Diocletian's Palace, which would be a neat experience. It's easier, and there's plenty of options if you stay outside as well. If you have a car, which we did, if you have luggage, a lot of luggage, anything like that, you can't drive into Diocletian's Palace. So, you know, you have to take all, you have to park somewhere and then take all your stuff with you. So, similar to if you were staying in the old city of Dubrovnik, you have to bring your stuff with you because you have to park outside of it because it's pedestrian only. Same as Diocletian's Palace. So, it just depends what you want. Staying in the palace would certainly be a neat feel. We have stayed just outside, and we're talking about a five minute walk to the palace each time. So, this time we stayed at a place called House Sandra. Cute. Highly recommend it. It was a little closer than the place we stayed last time. We'll link both these up. But last time we took an Airbnb at Natasha's place. We were there for three weeks. Both of those were an easy walk to the main promenade in the palace. Again, five, maybe seven minutes max. You're also very close to the main beach there, Bacifice Beach at either of those places. So I, I would say stay outside of the palace unless you just are going to be there a couple nights and you have a backpack and yeah, it's just one or two of you, you go be inside. downtown where you can just easily walk out and eat anything that you want or get amazing coffee or anything like that. So we ate at a few places while we were in Split. One we didn't think was really worth mentioning that we went to for dinner, but we went back to one of our favorite places called Buffet Fief, which is before you get to the pedestrian prom promenade. And it's just kind of like a local fisherman spot. They have fresh seafood and we just really love the calamari there. They have really good grilled vegetables. We went there a lot last time we were in Split and it's just kind of like a locals institution. Yeah, it's a locals institution. It's, it's cheap than most other places. So, you know, the calamari, I think, was running us 10 bucks for a pretty big plate, 9, 10 bucks. 
little bit cheaper maybe than a few of the other places that you can find and a neat experience, especially if you sit outside. Yeah, and Split has a lot of really good restaurants. We wandered around for a while the one night we were there and a lot of the restaurants needed reservations because it was a Friday night. So I think you should plan ahead a little bit if you're there in kind of a high season on the weekend, you might want to make a reservation. A lot of these places speak English, so it's very easy to call up or just walk in and you know make it the day before or something because I think that we missed out on some good restaurants because of that. Yeah. Another locals favorite and one of our favorites last time we were there and of course we went here again. It was just as we were leaving town. I made sure that Heather and my mom got us some food from Popeye's to take on the ferry because I was not going to leave Split without getting Popeye's. There's a few little locations, one in the old city uh, in like in the palace, one right outside by Bajvise Beach. Popeye's is just like we were talking about Pingvin. I guess they all start with peas, right? Uh, <laughs> Pingvin in Zagreb. It's just a little sandwich shop, you know, pizzas, little pizzas, sandwiches, stuff like that. Nothing fancy, but cheap, quick, what they call fast food takeaway. And uh, yeah, I loved it. I loved going to Popeye's and then going down to the beach and, and having a little picnic there. So definitely check out Popeye's if you're there. And then three new places that we checked out this time that we were happy we checked out, including a gelato place, had to start us off with, I guess, your two two that you really, really enjoyed. The pizza place. Yeah, that we went to this pizza place called Mano. Mano, I mean, sorry, M-A-N-O. And it was right next to the barber shop where Trav and Wit got their haircut. Wit's first haircut. Wit's first haircut. With two guys who spoke no English and the one guy Definitely looked like Mario and Luigi from <laughs> Super Mario Brothers. Dad, he was awesome. Gave me a great haircut. Tried to give Wit a great haircut. Yeah, Wit was Wit, screaming and throwing himself on the floor. Yeah, basically. did not like it at all. But as we were waiting for that whole scene, we just walked down the street a little bit and there was a pizza and pasta place. And I had wanted pizza and pasta the night before and gotten in. It wasn't very good. So Trav's mom and I both love pizza and pasta. So we're like, can we try again another place? And Trav's dad and Trav agreed that it was fine to eat pizza and pasta again a second night in the row, even though we're on the coast. But I was kind of sick of seafood. And we went to this place. The pizza was pretty good, but the pasta was homemade and it was it was exceptionally good. Yeah. So Mono, if you're looking right there, actually right around the corner from Popeye's and the fish market and and the hair cutter place, <laughs> the barbershop. And then we also right around the corner also from Krushik Bakery, which is a tiny little bakery. And they apparently sell out of bread all the time because we went not that it was at like no, lunchtime I mean, and they're almost a out of bread Saturday at maybe 10 11 a.m. and they were out of a lot of stuff but we did get some baked goods and they were delicious so yeah, this, definitely check out this, this cool like apple strudel but it wasn't it was, it was like, like an apple coffee cake in it a was way. Awesome. it was so, so good Krushik bakery for sure check it out especially if you want fresh baked bread and you want to take that home and make make some sandwiches or you just want some baked goods Again, right next to all Mono and Popeyes and stuff that we're talking about. And then right up behind the National Theater, and I tested a lot of gelato, trust me, was Luca Gelato. And this was right behind the National Theater, like I mentioned. And this is hands down the best gelato in Split. So much so that when we were in Dubrovnik and we were getting a photo shoot, our photographer was from Split. And I was telling her, hey, we should go get gelato, get some pictures. And we did. And I'm like, I love gelato. She goes, oh, have you been to Split? I said, yeah. She's like, I grew up there. Luca is definitely the best one. I was like, 
I agree. <laughs> I was just there two days ago. Yeah, it's so, very good. Luca, uh, the the gelato up there, well worth it. We actually ran to it right before the ferry because I wanted it a second time. And so we ran up there and then had to run back to the ferry um, and make sure we got on. So it's worth it. Luca Gelato. Yes. And the last place that we went to in Split was the coffee shop that I was talking about yep. earlier called D12. It's in the in the old palace. So you kind of have to wander around to find it. It's so cool to wander around Diocletian's palace because unlike Dubrovnik, Dubrovnik is a bigger, older city. So I feel like it's like the, some of the streets are bigger, but in split, I mean, you they're like so tiny. They're so alleyways. Like, they're alleyways. So you're wandering and wandering. And fortunately, Trav was like, I think this is right next to a sports bar. I watched a soccer game at last time we were in split. So you he, know how sometimes you just remember stuff. You're walking down this random alleyway and all of a sudden I'm like, I remember watching a game here. And then we turned and it was it was where I thought it was, which was weird because there's a million alleys there, but yeah, just kind of clicked. The coffee at D12 was delicious. One of the best coffees I've had in a long time. So I highly recommend that. Yeah. Check it out. There's so many cool coffee shops and spots in the palace and just in Croatia in general. After that, we decided to head and have a new experience to the island of Corchula. And I should say, just before we get off split, some of the things to do, obviously walk the promenade. You can hike up the hill and get fantastic views. We didn't do this this, this time. We did it last time. I, I think it's called Marine Hill or something like that. You can hike up that. Obviously, wander through the palace, go to Bacifice Beach. There's a lot of cool little things to do in split. And one of those, one of the best things to do in split is to get out to the islands. Last year, we went last to time, last time five years ago. <laughs> five years ago, thank you. We're getting old. We went to Brach, and and we went to Bol, like the island of Brach, and the, the and little the town, town of Bol, Bol and Zlatni Rot Beach. Oh my gosh, that was so beautiful. It that is. is a stunning area. Yeah, and that's the one. Like they they always show the pictures because it kind of comes to like a point. So. It looks really cool from the air as well and is a cool beach in its own right. So that's an island you can go to. You can go to Var, which is another popular island, or you can also go to Korchula, which is the biggest of those islands and where we decided to go this time and the furthest like, South, away. The furthest away from Split because it's right next to the Peljezic Peninsula, which you then can drive on your way down to Dubrovnik. So we went to Korchula. The ferry was like three to three and a half hours we took the car on. I think it was about a hundred dollars. Uh, it was about a hundred dollars for a car and, and four, four adults. adults. So that was pretty reasonable. I, think I thought each adult was about ten, and then the car is like sixty. Something yeah, something like that. Because like I remember it was slightly cheaper last time we went to uh, the island of Brach. So this ferry, let me tell you, I don't know if this is always the ferry they use. It was very old. It was not comfortable. We got on and there was nowhere to sit because we didn't go up after parking the car straight away. It was also raining, so there's a lot of places to sit outside, but no one was, was so everyone was packed indoors. The ferry was not a very good experience. It wasn't, you know, like they have a lot of other ferries which are much nicer. I don't know why this one is not so nice. There was only one on Saturday. We booked it the day in advance because we were worried after going to the Plitvice that we would not be able to get to the island of Corchula. It was not that busy for cars on a Saturday in May. I don't know if that's always the case, but... If you're going, I have heard if you're going 
July, August, and you want a car to get on, like it's pretty easy to get a pedestrian or a person, but if you want a car on, you should look to book ahead of time just to be safe. Yeah, but also booking ahead of time doesn't guarantee you get on the ferry because I thought it would. You know, I bought my ticket in advance, but the woman at the desk was like, no, you have to come and line up early because it's first come first serve so we actually made trav and his dad go two hours before the ferry and, we were and put the in car line and in line like four cars in line yeah. and then there was only like eight cars that got on total <laughs> and this maybe, thing could have fit probably 40 cars yeah, but either so way. in this in july or august it's probably much busier so anyway the ferry itself was not a great experience but then when we got to Corchula, the ferry arrives in Velo Luca. But I, I mean, Velo Luca might be a cute little Apparently place it's to pretty stay. Cu- pretty cute and it's nice. It's very small. But we decided that we wanted to be closer to Corchula Old Town, which you can also stay in. But we decided to stay in the little town next to Corchula, which is about a five to 10 minute drive called Lombarda. And the reason we stayed there is because it was a smaller town. It had more places to stay that I thought were easier to access than in Corchula Old Town. And we wanted a place with a pool, which we ended up, you know, not using the pool. But that's why we decided to stay in Lombardo versus Corchula Old Town. But I think Corchula Old Town would also be really nice. Yeah. So if you're to get the layout, there's kind of only three main areas. Vela Luca, where it comes into the port, all the way across the island then is Corchula Old Town and Lombarda, which are close to each other. And they're about an hour, 45 minutes to an hour apart. So to drive the whole from island... From Velo Luca. From Velo Luca. Yeah. So if you come in the port in Velo Luca, to drive over to Corchula Old Town and, and Lombarda, where we were, is about 45 minutes to an hour. So it's a, it's a significantly sized island. We had a bit of a mishap when we got off the ferry. We won't get too much into it now. If you want to hear the mishaps from this trip, most of which happened in Croatia, seven out of the eight happened in Croatia, you can check that out. It's called Croatian Mishaps. That podcast just came out. But essentially, we were stranded because our car died. We got another car. We drove the hour to Lombarda. I thought Lombarda, super nice, cute, really relaxed. If you want if you want that, if you want there to be very few things to do other than just walk around, eat some seafood by the sea, hit the little beach, go to one of the two wineries, if if that sounds awesome to you, then definitely you should stay in Lombarda because it's it's easy to get around and really cute. If you want a little more and going on, and I don't mean crazy nightlife by any means, no. but if you just want a bigger area and more restaurants and things to do, then maybe you stay in Corchula Old Town. Again, they're right. You can easily you could walk in between the two cities if you want. It's like a two hour walk to an half hour walk, maybe. But it's a it just ten minute drive. Yeah, if you want more stuff, Corchula Old Town. Less stuff, Lombarda. We stay in Lombarda at the Dreamers Club. Yes, and the, the Dreamers Club was really beautiful. It's an eco hotel. Our host Tanya was amazing she helped us sort out so much stuff with our crazy car situation and she's just a great host and the eco hotel is absolutely beautiful and very comfortable so that was a great place to stay and they have six apartments so she built this herself which was cool she's fascinating well, she renovated to to. this old it was a renovation of like an older right property right. an older but, property that she renovated yeah. built and she turned it into six different apartments we had one of the apartments i don't know if they're all set up exactly the same but this had two 
it was like a bedroom and then a bed kind of in like it was like a studio with then another extra bedroom on it. So it was perfectly fine for four of us. Yeah. And, and plus a kid. Um, and not that expensive. I'm going to say 80 US ish. Something like that. Yeah. And, it and had, that's off season a yeah. little bit. But it had beautiful views because it was pretty much across the street from the water. And. It, it, you just looked out at the beautiful little town of Lombarda and the sea. And, you know, there's a lot of stairs. But even with wit and all of our stuff, it was pretty, you know, it was manageable. You have to go up a lot of stairs. Yeah, but they have it, cool, it's on the side of a hill. They have cool outdoor like seating areas. They have a trampoline for kids. They have, there's a lot of neat stuff there. And the views we thought were, were absolutely spectacular and some of the best we have ever had until our next accommodations <laughs> we'll get to but it was the way she did it all eco-friendly really neat super attention to detail beautiful design when you go on vacation this is the type of place that you want to stay because you feel like you're just treating yourself to something pretty magical yes. and for 80 90 bucks maybe you could get something for like 20 bucks cheaper in Lombarda but it's worth the money to to really feel like, man, this is a higher level and it's just a really nice, new, cool spot to yeah, stay. absolutely. So, so we it. highly recommend that. So there's a few things to do in Lombarda and one of those is go to the beach. We went to this beach. It was still a little chilly the day that we went, but it was a beautiful beach called Vela Prisna, Prisina, maybe, I'm not sure, but it was a short, Five minute drive, I think, from the Airbnb we were staying from at. Dreamers Club. From and, Dreamers and, Club. And the town. I mean, everything yeah. is, we're talking, it's one street <laughs> here, basically, the yes. main street. So we, we drove to this beach, and there is a restaurant at the beach. It wasn't open yet, you know, because the weather had been super rainy the day before. And it's beautiful. It's just a nice little beach. We played for a little bit. You and Wit went in the water a little bit. And it's a sand beach, which is, there are rocks, but it's less rocky than other ones. So they, locals call this the sand beach. It's not fine, beautiful sand. There's still definitely some rocks, but it's sandier than some of the other ones. You can easily, if you don't have a car, walk there from the town of Lombarda. I mean, you would just walk up past the supermarket, actually past like the awesome monastery and the wineries, and then get to the beach. It'd probably take you half an hour to walk. You could bike it very easily as well. Everything is very accessible. We mentioned another thing to do. There are two wineries on the way to the beach and right, actually right next to each other, Winery Gurk and then Popik Winery. Both of them were closed because I think it was Sunday when we were there. Yeah. Or one of the, when we tried to go was Sunday. And so we didn't get to go into either of them, but there we did drink some wine of theirs at different times and it was good. Definitely cool little spots to check out. Why wouldn't you go there and, and check out some wineries? There is kind of a housekeeping note. There is a supermarket right up from the main square. So we went and got a bunch of groceries and kind of just chilled out. You can have picnics on the beach and stuff like that. So if you're going to be in Lombardo for like any extended amount of time, there's not that many restaurants. So maybe you want to just get some stuff and, and make some food on your own. You can do that. And you can also island hop from Lombardo or Corchula. There's all these little island what do they call them water taxis that take you to the islands right off the uh right off this island and you can go and do that as well it wasn't that hopping in may like people weren't island hopping that no. much because <laughs> they weren't going to the beaches yeah but definitely would be some i think would get really popular in june or july 
And then, Hep, you mentioned from Lombarda, one of the easy, cool things to do is go to Courtsville Old Town and or you could stay in Courtsville Old Town and one of the cool things would be would just spend a day in Lombarda. Either way you do it. But Courtsville Old Town, definitely bigger and fun to just walk around the alleyways again. Yeah. Again, it's a very cool old city because it's on the coast. It was a fortress. So there's a wall around it. It was really beautiful. There's a lot of restaurants inside. And one of my favorite things that we ate on the whole trip was at a restaurant in Corchula Old Town at a place called Konaba Adarina. And it's not totally vegetarian, but it's more vegetarian, I think. It doesn't have, you know, lots of meats and stuff like that, but they have a lot of homemade pasta. They actually have this pasta that's famous from Corchula that these this one family makes for some of the restaurants in Corchula. And we had that. It was absolutely delicious. But what I had was the baked eggplant. And it was the best thing. I One of the best things I ate on the trip, other than some of the seafood um, that we'll get to soon. But that was great. We got an appetizer sampler for two people and we shared that. It was just a great little restaurant. Everything was homemade and fresh and delicious. Yeah. My mom loved it so much. It She kept saying, I have friends who are coming to Croatia. I got to tell them. She was like writing down the name, taking napkins <laughs> from this place to the name. Which I'm going to forget. I'm going to forget. I'm like, mom, I have it starred in my phone. Yeah. Google we, Maps never forgets. Yeah. And also I forgot the waitress was so nice. She was just above and beyond. Like she was playing with wit while we were trying to eat. It was just a whole, the whole experience was great. There are definitely some really cool spots and eating spots in Cortula Old Town, way more than in Lombarda. Um, and so if you are going out or if you want to go out every night to eat, then yeah, you maybe do stay in Cortula Old Town. It is like a mini Dubrovnik in that it's a walled city mm-hmm. right there on, on the edge, you know, on the coast. Um, so Cortula Old Town, we spent one evening there going out to eat and wandering around. Really, really, really cool. A few other places to eat that were down in Lombardo. We've got just one really that we recommend. And then I have one kind of funny one. Konaba More uh, sits right down on the ocean. So it's just a titch outside of the main street. And by that, I mean a two minute walk, maybe (laughs) less. Sits right down on the water, has been there for like 40 years. Really nice family people. Owned. Family owned. Seafood was fantastic. But it was so delicious. And we sat outside. They have a whole outside deck kind of, which is on the water. So it was just a stunning place to have lunch or dinner because you're just, you feel like you're eating on a boat or something because it's just the deck is on the water and you can just see. It, it was amazing. The food was really good. Um, and I think that's where you guys tried the local wine was at that restaurant. Right, right. So. Yeah, so they have a lot of, of the stuff from Grisic, uh, the wineries that are right there in Lombarda. And then around the corner is a place called Maestro Cafe. I woke up really early one morning, took Wit out for a walk. There was nowhere open. And this was the only place that people were eating breakfast. So I had some breakfast there. It was okay, but they have crazy rich hot chocolate. It's like they melted chocolate bars. They probably did <laughs> and put it in my hot chocolate. So if you like really crazy rich hot chocolate, go to Maestro Cafe in one morning, sit there, have a nice little view and get yourself a hot chocolate, maybe a little bit of breakfast. So we spent a few days in Lombardo. Then we pressed on and you have to take a ferry from the island of Corchula. It is a 10 to 15 minute ferry. You can see the other side because that then takes you back to the mainland to the, to the Pelgesic 
Peninsula. And from there, you can drive down to yes. Dubrovnik, which is what we did. So the ferry just goes over to this little town called Orabic, Orabic. And which I've heard is pretty cool to spend some time in. Yeah, we it's didn't, a cute little town, but, but we had to, you know, get all the way to Dubrovnik this day and we planned to stop at some wineries. So we just um, drove the peninsula, which is beautiful. And we got to this town and we went to this winery called Matuska, which is one of the best wineries, I think, in Croatia. And our friend Nick, who knows Hopefully Croatia. comes on the Istrian one um, and will come on a later podcast where I just pepper him with questions about Eastern Europe. Yes. That's coming up. He said this was the best wine. And um, a lot of the wines in Istria are white wines. They have red too, but they're more known for their white. But on the Peljezic Peninsula, they have more red wines. And Matuska had, they had a great white that we did buy, but their reds are just so, so incredibly delicious. So, that was really fun. I tasted a couple sips and then we we bought a bottle so that I could have it after I have this new baby. I'm so excited for it. And then right next to this, I mean, it's in a teeny tiny little village. Well, and I mean, there are wineries everywhere. All over so the place. if you, we didn't because we were going down to Dubrovnik. So we didn't stay on the Peljesic Peninsula. We were just on our way through Dubrovnik. Plus Heather was pregnant. But if you wanted to, I mean, you could spend half a week or even a week just bopping around all the wineries. I mean, they're literally you drive down a road and every there, there's signs everywhere for wineries. They're just, they're everywhere on the Peljesic Peninsula. So we just went to Matuska, but if you wanted to do more, the world is your oyster yes, when you go to the you Peljesic could, You could Peninsula. spend a lot of, you could spend a couple days just going to wineries. And I mean, it's, it's, and the peninsula is so beautiful, especially because when we went to Matuska, we saw there's this tunnel and we we drove through it and we were like, I wonder what's on the other side. I mean, like we knew the oh, the sea was on the other side, but we're like, I wonder if it's a road or if it, I, where does this tunnel go? <laughs> so we drove through it and then we looked at the map and there's this teeny tiny road that looks kind of like a farm road. I mean, it's paved, but it's basically paved is one, a relative one term. Lane. It's paved slash gravel. And we knew that we wanted to get to Tresnik and if you put Tresnik in Google Maps, it doesn't take you on this road. But we looked on the map and you know, we're like, we, I think we can get all the way to Tresnik by taking this teeny tiny seaside road. And we did. And it was beautiful. And Tresnik we wanted to go to because Nick had told us that the best seafood he had ever eaten was in this town of Tresnik. And the, the ladies at Matuska were like, no, 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 you should go to Stan or Molly Stan, these two other towns. And get the seafood there. But I was like, man, my buddy Nick is usually right. He's the one who sent me here. So then I saw, you know, after we got through the tunnel that we could take this cliffside road and it would probably get us to Tresnik or we would end (laughs) up at a dead end and I'd have to back up miles up a cliffside road. (laughs) So either way, it was going to be a good story for the podcast. We're either going to get there and tell other people to do it or we're going to get stuck in a situation that was going to make for a mishap. So either way, we're doing it. So we drive down this road. It's probably a 15-minute, 20-minute drive to Trisonek. And again, you are on... The ocean is right the there. Sea. You're on yeah, the sea, the cliffs. Really cool. Didn't see any other cars. No. We're like, who lives here? There's you know, you know, a lot of wineries. And wineries. It was just so beautiful. And then you literally end in this teeny tiny... And I, I mean, really teeny tiny town of, of Trisonek. Yeah, we're talking... I mean, maybe... 30 houses and 
seven restaurants oh, yeah, and a and small a little teeny, grocery tiny store. Market. But there's and a winery. There's a winery which is amazing called and, Krishik. Yep, and we had the wine. I mean, I had a sip, but Trav and his dad had the wine at lunch at Vitace. And Nick was right. This is the best seafood I've ever had in my life. And here's the thing. It's not even close. Like this it was puts so exceptional. to shame every other seafood I've had in my life. Almost makes it hard to eat seafood because we got a, a bit of seafood then on the rest of the trip, knowing that ah, it won't be as good. And we'd have it and think, I just want to go to Vitace. It is the best. And it's such an experience. The owner of Vitace used to live in Dubrovnik. He had a bar there. He wanted to move out of Dubrovnik. He, as he said, and he became a fisherman. <laughs> as he said, I had a wife and a kid, and I realized owning a bar in Dubrovnik was not really like <laughs> family ideal. friendly. So he just decided to become a fisherman. He goes out every day or almost every day, catches the fresh fish and then cooks it at his restaurant. And they have an outdoor, a huge outdoor fireplace because they gave us a whole tour of the kitchen. We got to see our fish and seafood cooking in this amazing oven with the wood that they just take right from like up the hill. Well, they take the wood a lot of times from the grapes, from, from the wine, the wineries, old roots and and plants that they're getting rid of. And uh, he was explaining why it cooks better. And I was just like, hey, man, whatever, whatever you say. you're doing is is exactly right. And all they do is is season it with olive oil, salt and pepper. It's so basic. It was the best seafood I've ever had in my life. And because I was pregnant, I couldn't even eat some of it. Like I couldn't have the tuna or the swordfish, which, which I'm you admit said was the on best the podcast. <laughs> the tuna and swordfish was the best part. So when you go, you have to get the seafood sampler. So all I knew, Nick had said to me, hey, there's a place that starts with a V in Trisnick. You'll find it. It's right there. And I was like, oh, man, I, you know, I thought Trisnick might be a little bigger. No, you'll find it. It starts with a V. It's right there on the water. And he said, just get the seafood platter. Yeah. Get the seafood. So I came in and the guy and they have a we sat inside, but they also have a huge outdoor patio yeah. that you could overlook the, the bay there. And when Which we came is in, amazing, but it was raining and really cold. <laughs> and when we came in, the service was impeccable. They were super nice. Our waiter was really really um, attentive attentive and great informative and, and the chef the the this fisherman and the guy who cooks it they they like he was super nice as well and i they said well do you know have you ever been here like no of course he's like i said all i know is to come and get the seafood platter he's like okay you're right and this thing we got the seafood platter for two yeah it was plenty of food for plenty three for three people, people. and it was a menagerie of everything that they had, and the tuna and swordfish were everything was amazing. Yeah, because the tuna we and swordfish had, were the best. We and had, Heather didn't even get to eat it. And she loved yeah, it. but I mean, I had the other the seafood. Sea we bass. just had sea bass. I mean, it was the best sea bass I've ever eaten in my life. It was so they had delicious. Calamari's. They had octopus salad. Yeah, and they we, had some veggies. It was amazing. We also got some appetizers too, which were also amazing. They have fresh, fresh baked bread that they also bake in that oven it was so good we got um oysters uh, oysters so the fried oysters were f i don't love fried seafood because it's usually so deep fried that you could be eating any seafood or you just taste the breading this was so lightly breaded it was the, the fried, best fried uh, seafood i ever had for the fried sure. oysters were really good you and your dad also got a few raw oysters they were yeah I mean, if you good. like raw oysters, I assume they're pretty darn but good. Everything but everything is 
from that day. And so with a seafood platter, you know, you're going to get certain fish all the time because that's what they are able to catch. But there's also other stuff that they throw in there. Just go to Vitace, get the seafood platter. It'll get be the best the seafood you've ever had. From Grzyk Winery or go to the winery before or after. Do both. <laughs> Have it with lunch and then go to the winery. We didn't go to the actual winery. It's just on the other side of the bay as you're leaving the town. It's beautiful. It's up on this cliff, but we just didn't have time. And since Ralph had had it, your dad had had it at lunch and I'm not drinking. We just, we skipped the winery, but you could spend, I, I don't know that you would want to necessarily stay in Trisinac. Well, I would want to stay because I want to go back to this yeah, restaurant like I mean, three or four times. I mean, you certainly could. There's a little beach there. It's, I mean, if you want uh, quiet, this is very quiet. I mean, this, like, this makes Lombardo <laughs> look like a metropolis. But the seafood might be worth it. You could go every single day. It was so delicious. I have to give a shout out to my dad because I think the same thing sometimes, but he kept saying, he's like, that guy, that fisherman, he was just so cool, right? <laughs> he said, and like my dad doesn't say about people. Like I'm always like, oh, that guy's cool. This, yeah, you know this or that. He's like, that guy was just so cool. Like what a life, man. He goes out and fishes, super nice. He just seemed like a dude you'd want to hang out with. I'm like, yeah, he yeah, was great. I do. So we should stay in Trisden <laughs> and become hang out friends for three days <laughs> with the owner friends. of Vitachi. I'm sure he'd take us out on the boat. Yeah. Anyway, go get a tour of the kitchen. They'll probably offer it to you. But if they don't, be like, hey, can I come see it? Because yeah. they they love showing it off. It it was just. The whole experience was amazing. We were there for like two and a half hours and I, it was the best part of our there's, trip. There's not much else to say other than you you have to go out of your way to go to Trisinec and to and go to this place. And it's not a and bad I'm, way to go out of your way because the Peljesic Peninsula is gorgeous in that little seaside drive from the Matuska Winery. I mean, it's just, it's beautiful. Yeah. I mean, it's exactly what I love about Croatia, kind of seeing the seaside, going on these coastal drives, having good seafood, having the mountains right there next to the ocean. It's just, I love it so much. It is Croatia. The, the co Croatian coast encapsulated there for sure because it's not touristed. It's not Dubrovnik, anything like that. You have to go out of your way to see it. And then you're rewarded in spades with awesome food and some beautiful scenery. On the way then after we left Tristanik, sadly, after we left Tristanik <laughs> and had to leave and couldn't get more seafood the next day. Uh, pushing on to Dubrovnik, there's another town called Stan. And this is where the locals also say there's amazing seafood. And my buddy Nick, again, recommended some places here. So you can't go wrong there as well. But one of the cool things about Stan is they have these walls. So we're just driving and we're like, what is that? And they're these walls. Like the Great Wall like of the China. the Great Wall of China. Up on these these massive hills. And it is the second longest preserved fortification system in the world now it's only four and a half miles long but it's the second longest one after the great wall of china and it's a mini great wall it's, it's cool. like it surrounds this city this not not city this town going up and down these mountains you're just wondering like how did people build this how did they possibly build these walls and it's still intact and well preserved so a really neat cool off the beaten path thing to do and again, you wouldn't have to stay in Stan forever. If you stayed there at night, you could really explore the walls. You could walk the whole walls if you wanted. But if you're just driving through, you know, take an hour or two, get out, explore the walls. We didn't because we had wit and it was a whole, he was sleeping. It was a whole hubbub. But even just seeing him was pretty neat. And just, again, a unique thing that we didn't know existed until we got there. Like, what are these? And we looked it up. I'm like, yeah, that's pretty cool. Cool. So we pushed on to Dubrovnik and... If you are 
a fan of the show Game of Thrones, you have seen Dubrovnik a thousand times, even without knowing it, because this is where they did a ton of filming, and this is King's Landing. Yes. So we are not Game of Thrones fans. We stopped watching a long time ago, not because we didn't like it, but we just kind of fell off the wagon there. And so... I, I can't speak to everything that happens in I almost want to watch it, number one, because it's amazing, apparently, but also because we've been to Dubrovnik so many times, it would be cool to be like, oh, yeah, I recognize this. But anyway, that being said, Dubrovnik is, a abs- is an absolutely beautiful, beautiful city. I mean, the walls around it are so gorgeous and so striking. And the best part sometimes is the view of it from above. So the first time we went to Dubrovnik, we stayed in the old city. But the second time I was like, "Uh, we have wit, we have your parents, we have too much stuff. I don't want to schlep it down these steep, steep stairs, you know, park outside the city. So I found an apartment that was above the old town and it had a parking spot right outside of it. And it's up on the hill because it's, there's, it's the old town and then it's up. Yeah, there's old nothing. town sits down <laughs> in on the water and there's some some steps there because and then it just goes yeah it yeah goes it just up. goes up and up and up. So I was like, this will be a bit of a walk to get down to the old town, but the view from this apartment, all you wanted to do was sit in the apartment because they had these a whole wall of windows that were actually doors that you could open, but it was safe because it had a glass railing. So you could just have this whole wall of doors open and just look out at the sea and you had the best view of, of old town Dubrovnik. And we went down to Dubrovnik quite a few times, but we also just hung at the apartment and, you know, we would have dinner there and watch the sun go down. It was such an amazing experience. It was the best view of a place we've stayed in our entire life. The only thing that I can compare and they're two totally different things, but I just remember being in Gimmelwald in Switzerland at mm. the mountain hostel and looking out and seeing these crazy Alps literally out the window. And then here you're just <laughs> looking and you're seeing Dubrovnik down below, King's Landing, um, that I don't know many Game of Thrones references, <laughs> so I'm not going to give you a Game of Thrones tour here, but and seeing the ocean or the Adriatic and they call Dubrovnik the Pearl of the Adriatic and it really is. It is so well preserved. It's gorgeous. The Venetians did a fantastic job. So yes, you could stay in Old City or I like this even more because it had parking. It was a seven minute walk to the beach. It was a 10 minute walk to Old City if you took the stairs. Yeah. So you can, there's lots of stairs. You can just go straight down. Coming back up is really hard and I didn't want to do the stairs. I wanted to walk on the street because it was easier for me being pregnant and having the stroller. And that was a long way. I mean, it that's took 30 like a minutes, 30 minute walk. A 30 so. minute walk if you don't take the stairs. But I mean, it's a lot of stairs going straight If you're up. not pregnant, you're going to take the stairs. Let's be honest. And if you don't have a stroller. So up to you. Hey, you carry your kid. Come on. <laughs> um, but yes, we stayed at Mariana's apartment. We'll link it in the show notes. Uh, it was $150 a night, honestly. You can get stuff way cheaper in Dubrovnik. I mean, not way cheaper. It was uh, two bedrooms. It was two bedrooms. So we're That's splitting true. it with two couples. That's, true. That's okay. incredibly reasonable. You can get stuff cheaper in Dubrovnik, but the views make it worth every single penny. Like this is a place that I want to come back and stay at for a month oh, because yeah. sitting in the living room with those windows open, again, as Heather said, you don't even have to do anything. <laughs> you don't even have to go out into Dubrovnik. You can just sit there and take in that scenery all day it was very peaceful because day. the old city is jam-packed with people 
And we were there in May and it was still jam-packed with people. So it is a little crowded, especially because Game of Thrones, but there's also uh, cruise ships that come in all the time. So it's a beautiful place and everybody wants to go, understandably. But uh, a lot of the cool things to do are just to wander around in the old city and you can walk around the city walls. That's a paid thing. You can actually go up on top of the walls and walk around the whole old city. We didn't do it this time, but we did it the first time. Highly it's definitely cool. Highly it's, recommend It's it. very cool. There's the fort, which I guess is actually the part that's King's Landing. But I, I, dude, I'm not me. sure. But Don't put me on the spot here with Game of Thrones <laughs> I'm not stuff. sure. But I think the, the fort that's right next to the old city is like where they film a lot of the, the scenes. But the fort is free to go in, right? No. Oh, no. Pay. You have to pay for I forget for how fort. much it is. It might be six bucks. But, oh, but it is free. Okay. If you, that's why you're thinking it because you didn't go to the fort this time. I went with my parents and was surprised I had to pay. If you buy a ticket for the city walls, which is about $10, I believe, that gets you into the fort for free okay. as Gotcha. Well. So we did last you might time. as well do that. I think you have two days. I, I believe it, it works for two days. So again, you can do them both in the same day easily. They're right next to each other. Fort is really neat because then you get the, the views of the old city, the walled old city. And then when you're on top of the walls of the old city, you get the view of the fort. So it either way, you can't you can't lose. It's like when you're in we're in Florence and you can go up the bell tower or you can go up, up the Dumo. The Dumo, and you get views of each other from them. So you want to do both for sure. You'll get a bit of exercise, but it's not too difficult. Right next to the fort, I thought this was pretty neat. It was closed when we went by it, but then it opened when we came back. We just didn't have time to do it. The Museum of Love Stories. So you have the Museum of Broken Relationships <laughs> in Zagreb, and you have the Museum of Love Stories in Dubrovnik. Really small little place. I just thought it was cool. I would go back and go in there. It's probably take you 30 minutes to go through. Not that expensive, a couple bucks, but a really nice place right next to the fort. You know, you can do Game of Thrones tours. A lot of people do it. That's become a huge, huge thing for sure. We didn't. I would do it even if I hadn't been a fan, like even if I wasn't a fan of the show, probably because you'd learn quite a bit of the history as well. So that's a big, big thing there. Um, and then another big thing, Hath, which we did the first time and this time as well, you stayed behind because you had done it, is go up above because you talked how beautiful it was to see the old city from our view. But you can even go, you can keep going further up via the cable car. Yes. So the cable car was actually not working when we were there. And we heard a story. So this was interesting. <laughs> I drove up this time. I drove my parents up in our rental car and I came back Hath, to you and I was like, Wow. It was crazy packed driving up there. Like there were traffic jams going up this tiny road that has like four or five switchbacks to the cable car. Why was it so busy when we had done it five years before? I think we saw two other cars. Yeah, we could stop. We could take tons of pictures. What I found out was it was because the cable car was not running. And so a lot of people were taking taxis up. I learned that the cable car person who owned it or company who owned it was not paying their Croatian taxes and so the government shut them down. <laughs> I so, don't know how long that will last. I assume not that long. I, you, mean, I mean, this is a huge tourist thing yeah. to do. So you would think they would pay their taxes and get yeah. on with it. But whether the cable car is running or not, if it is, if it is, you could take the cable car or you can drive. We really like driving up anyway because it was neat to see the area around where the cable car was. And I thought the better views were honestly... A little below the yeah, cable car. Yeah, on the drive up versus when you're at the top of the cable car. So... 
Um, if you do drive, just look for signs that say Bosanka and then take like turn up this crazy road and then just drive up that road. So that's something that you can do as well. Or you could drive south. Yeah, there are some cool beaches um, down south. There's this small little town called Kupari and there's a nice beach there. But not only are there cool beaches, there are abandoned hotels, which if you're into that and Trav definitely is. Because it's cool and unique. Even I think it's pretty cool to explore these like gorgeous, beautiful resorts that now are just in disrepair because of the war and they're like kind of bombed out and just abandoned and falling down and like trees are growing through them. It's really bizarre. And then you go to the beach and it's right next to these hotels. And so if you're at the the beach and you're looking out at the sea, it's beautiful. But when you get in the water and you look back at the land and you just see these abandoned hotels, it's bizarre. It's bizarre and awesome. It's one of my favorite beaches in the world because, I mean, you can go in any of these hotels, walk around, be careful. It's not safe exactly. Wow. They were built really well. I mean, this is... No, I know, but there's trash and broken glass and everything Sure, bring shoes. Like I had flip-flops and was like, okay, there's stuff broken all over. I had to be careful. But some of the views from these hotels, I went up in the one all the way, if if you're on the beach looking back at it, all the way to the left, it's like a seven-story hotel so i went up to i was a little scared to keep going I went up to like the third floor the views i mean these are million are dollar views the water it's in it's it's crazy that this real estate just sits there still and nobody has bought it and i mean obviously you'd have to just bulldoze these you can't even repair them but it's just crazy that they're not that nobody is building on them if you want it to be really cool cooler than me I would spend a night out there. You are crazy. And you would wake up in this no, abandoned hotel you. looking at these views. Um, <laughs> I found out, just some backstory, that they were mostly for the military. So they were places that they would bring the military for like re- rest and relaxation. And, and Tito used to, you know, during Yugoslavian time, Tito used to bring the military there and things like that. Um, really, really cool abandoned hotels. And the beach is really nice there in Kupari. So... If you have a car and you want to get down there, or you could take a taxi, or I think probably a bus, down to Kupari and explore well worth half a day or a day, there is another abandoned hotel called the Belvedere Hotel that is within walking distance of Dubrovnik, and you just head south out of the old city and just keep walking until you hit it. I looked this up because I didn't want to upset the Game of Thrones fanatics here. They filmed... After we had went the first time, had five years ago, they went and they filmed a really famous scene there, and that was the fight between battle between Prince Oberon and the Mountain in season four. So they filmed this really cool scene there in this amphitheater that we had stood on before they filmed Game of Thrones there, and then I didn't get the chance to go back because we ran out of time. Yeah, but and that's apparently some huge financier has bought this hotel and is going to renovate it. Supposedly. Supposedly. But I guess that's what you hear all the time, I yeah. think, in uh in Croatia is like that they're gonna do this and then the Croatian government wants their cut and yeah. there's a lot of corruption. So, so it's, it's still sits. abandoned and doesn't look like anything's going on there because you can kind of see it from some locations in Dubrovnik. Um because it's kind of like around a couple sea bends on the cliff there. It's it's just so cool. These abandoned hotels are really unique and just fun to explore and it's just a interesting little part of history that, you know, if you were in another country I feel, and maybe 10 years from now, it will not be there anymore. Yeah, who knows? I but mean, five we, years ago, we, we were there. <laughs> yeah, five years ago, we thought, 
oh man, this is pretty neat. Will it ever change? And we're actually worried coming back because Croatia has only gotten more popular and Dubrovnik has only gotten new popular, more popular. They'd be different and they're exactly the same. Yeah. So who knows how long it'll last, but go check it out for sure. All right. In the old city then, if we got to talk a little bit about eating, because you're going to wander around the old city. That's the be- That's the great thing to do. Hit the city walls, then wander around all the alleyways, You know, find yourself some restaurants. Here are a few of our favorites. Well, starting with one that we really recommended five years ago, and we went back to, and we'd be remiss if we didn't tell you this, it was just decent. It wasn't bad, but when we went five years ago, we thought, hey, this is a fantastic restaurant, so much that we pumped it up in the podcast. And so much so that we went back to it again with my parents here. It was just okay. And that was called Wanda. Yeah. I mean, it, we ate there and it was fine, but it didn't blow us away. So I think there are probably other places in Dubrovnik if you do a little research that would be better. But They also had fantastic pesto last time we went. That was one of the things. Like this was the best pesto I'd ever right. eaten. I asked them, hey, can I get some of your pesto? And they said, we don't have it. Yeah, they don't make it anymore. Like, what's going on so, here? Come on, Wanda. Anyway, another thing that we did was go to the Buzz Bar, which is on the far side of the city on the wall that hits the, the sea. And you have to actually go through the wall. And it's this bar. And there's no food. It's just drinks. And it's a bar built on the side of the old wall on the cliffs looking out at the sea. So, I mean, Trev's like, oh, it's kind of expensive. And by that, he means beers were six or seven U.S. dollars, which is what you'd pay in America. So it's not really that expensive. But for Croatia, it's a little expensive. But the experience is cool because you're just sitting there on the side of a cliff uh, with the walls of Dubrovnik around you and you feel like there's no one else in because you're away from the old city because you have to like walk through the wall. So it's cool. It's worth getting a beer. I just had a water, obviously. When we went the first time five years ago, there wasn't that many people there. This time, all the seats pretty, were packed. Yeah, it was pretty so it, busy. It seemed a little busier, buzzier at the buzz bar <laughs> this time. But, but it's cool to just sit experience. there and have a drink and just stare out at the sea it, it, and be on a cliff. It's neat. So I would highly recommend that. Some other places that we drank at uh, the last time we were there, and this is the first time I really understood that Croatia had good wine because I wasn't really aware of that the first time we went. That was Divino Wine Bar. We went to this wine bar. We got to taste all this amazing wine. I was like, wow, Croatia has really good wine. And we also got their charcuterie plate. And that was delicious too because Croatia also has really good local homemade cheeses and cured meats and stuff like that. So that was a great spot to go before dinner, go after dinner, just get some good local wine. Yeah. Two other places we didn't get back to this year but we're there five years ago and are still highly recommended. They're still open. We walked by both of them. We tried to go to this one and they said they were closed. Then we ordered pizza from somewhere else. And when we walked by it, it was open. We're like, come on. And no one pick up the phones. Pizzeria Tabasco definitely has the best pizza in Dubrovnik. We That was one, again, five years ago. We went to, loved it, tried to go to um, this time, but thought was closed and then wasn't. Anyway, Pizzeria Tabasco, best pizza. And then Nishta is a really good, highly recommended vegetarian restaurant. We're not vegetarian. We still thought it was fantastic. So if you're looking for vegetarian, definitely check it out. Even if you're not, it's a very, very good restaurant and one that we recommend hitting. Of course, in Dubrovnik, we were only there two days, but I had to get my gelato fill. And so I tried the three highest 
kind of homemade gelato places that that I had found that had come recommended. I would rank them in this order from best to worst, which was surprising because they're ranked differently when you like go on Google Maps and it gives you the ratings, which I sometimes follow and sometimes I take it with a grain of salt, right? Gossip was my favorite, followed by Dolce Vita and then Pepino's. All decent, all a little expensive when it comes to gelato, but it's homemade, so don't go get the crappy gelato that you see. There are high. a lot of gelato shops. There are a lot of gelato shops. Check out Gossip, Dolce Vita, or Pepino's. Again, is it the best in the world? Definitely not. Is it as good as Luca and Split? No, but it's above average gelato, so you might as well go. It's going to be hot probably when you're in Dubrovnik, even if it's not Go and get yourself some gelato. One last thing I want to mention that we did in Dubrovnik, which was really fun. And I really had to talk Trav into this because he's not ever into doing photo shoots. But we always wish that we had professional photos of us while we're traveling. So I convinced him. I did all this research. I found a photographer who works in Dubrovnik. Her name was Jelga. We did a one to one and a half hour photo shoot with her. She was amazing. We got the pictures back. They are incredible. It was really fun. And now we have these memories. So I would highly recommend it if you're if you're traveling, you know, with your partner, with your family, and you just want to have the memories of this trip. It was so cool. And the pictures are just incredible to have so many of us just like doing our thing in Dubrovnik. It's, I, I loved it. And I highly, highly recommend it. And this photographer was amazing. And she's willing to travel you know, in Croatia and even in Europe. So if you're in other places too, we will link up her information because she was just so pleasant, so great with us and with wit and the pictures came out incredibly well. And so you will possibly or prop, not even possibly, you will be seeing a lot of these pictures <laughs> yeah. on our new website as that gets redesigned. So that should be coming out mid-June to late June. Hopefully, you know, these things always take time. So we'll see. But you'll be seeing a lot of those pictures that we did this professional photo shoot. And yeah, we'll link her stuff up in the show notes. You can get that extra pack of peanuts.com slash shows. She was fantastic and uh, really fun to work with and got some incredible photos of us. And if you are somewhere like Dubrovnik, where it is one of the more beautiful places in the world, Take advantage of it if if you you know if that's something you want. Definitely take advantage of it and um and get a photo shoot there, and you'll have these memories that'll last a lifetime. <laughs> so speak. We're gonna let you guys go soon, but speaking of lasting a lifetime, when you go to Croatia, I think the memories that you make here and just the trip in general is one of those for us magical places that we find ourselves going back to over and over again. Because it's one of our favorite countries and because of some of the things that we we talked about here, Hath, and some of the just the beauty mixed with the food, mixed with the people, mixed with it being a little bit off the beaten path, even though it's certainly getting more popular now, but you can certainly find these hidden gems for sure. Let's get in to our can't miss, our thing, and this is going to be hard, that eh, maybe you could skip, and then a thing that you wish we had done. So what is, if people go to Croatia, and we're, and when we talk about Croatia, we're going to do one on the Istrian Peninsula, a separate episode, but we're talking about this. Zagreb, 
you know, down through the Dalmatian coast, Mm -hmm. what is your can't miss? So my can't miss is going to one of the islands. And this time we went to Corchula. I absolutely loved it. It was so relaxing. The mainland, as we said, is getting a little more popular, a little more crowded because it's just gorgeous and people are wanting to go there. But if you go to the islands, it's, it's, it's not as crowded, especially Corchula because it's a little far removed. Last time we went to Brach, I heard that gets really busy in the summer, especially that beach of Zlatny Rot. But I, I just, I love how many islands there are and I want to go to more of them because it's just a different experience. That's that's hard to beat with a can't miss. The islands, <laughs> the coast and the islands make make Croatia what it is and obviously play a big part in it. It's a, t- a huge long coastline there on the Adriatic. My can't miss, I, I really want to give to. And we haven't done a destination diary in a long time. Uh-huh. So I'm just going to stretch it a little of bit. Of course you are. In Dubrovnik, I really don't think you can miss the abandoned hotels down in Kupari and okay, Hotel fair Belvedere. Enough. I think this was mine last time. So maybe I, I can't remember. Maybe I'll get a pass then if that was mine last time. Because uh, you're going to say two things? I'm just, it- well, this is the one of the two because okay. I'm bringing it up again. But okay. I just think to me, it's so unique People don't do it. It's not super touristed. I don't even know if you could take a tour of it. It's it is just it's so random. It's and random and different. And obviously, if you're there during the right season, you can also hang out at that beach in Kupari, which is cool. So why wouldn't you? You have the beach and you have this this epic experience right there. That that to me is a, a really authentic travel experience. And who knows how long it's going to last. So that hits all my points of of everything I like about travel. So for me, that's a can't miss with the abandoned hotels. And then I'm just going to have to say Vitachi and Trezenek. Yeah. The best seafood that we have, we both agree have ever eaten. And again, when you have a five out of five, we talk about this in some other podcasts. Can there be seafood as good as this? Probably. I haven't had it before, but there cannot be seafood better. It is exactly the perfect seafood. <laughs> it was so, so good. just go find it. Go to Vitachi. Go out of your way. Get it, go to Tresenek. Eat there at Vitachi. It's my can't miss. My second can't miss. One A, one B. Gotcha. What is your thing that you would be like? Ah, eh, you could skip this. Okay, so this is technically not really in Croatia, but okay. it's well, it's something that we do that we've done both times in Dubrovnik and that is drive to Montenegro. Now we I'm booing this as a a thing you could skip. Well, I'm not finished yet. So just hold on. The first time we were in Dubrovnik, we drove all the way to Coder, Montenegro, which is a beautiful town and a nice drive. I would recommend that. I would not recommend this time we went and we just wanted to kind of cross over the border because Trav's parents haven't been. So we're like, okay, we'll go to the first town kind of in Montenegro and we'll get dinner there. And so we can say you've been to Montenegro and then we'll come back. This was 100% not worth it because it took like an hour and a half to get there. We went to, what was the name of the town? Hersignovi. Hersignovi. I was not impressed with Hersignovi. It was not worth the hour and a half drive. The dinner that we had there was not good. Ooh, even though I we would went disagree. to- my calamaris were fantastic. Okay, you had calamari, so maybe if you get seafood. But also being pregnant, you're only supposed to eat certain seafoods three times a week. And so I had to not eat seafood. I got a schnitzel. It was not that great, okay? 
I didn't think that the town was very nice, nice enough to warrant the drive. So I would skip going to Montenegro entirely from Dubrovnik, even though it's tempting because it's very close, unless you're going to go all the way down to Coder and spend some time there because Coder is striking and it's beautiful. And the drive after you are in the town of Hersignovi, that drive is ugly. But from Hersignovi to Coder is the beautiful part of the drive because we did it last time. So I was just like, oh, this was kind of a waste of my night. I would have rather spent it at our apartment staring at Dubrovnik Old Town. Understood. I I get that it wasn't the most, it wasn't the best experience. You you said it well. The drive down to Herzegnovi was not the nice part. The the from Herzegnovi on to Coder is the beautiful part and Coder's much prettier. So yeah, I guess I would say you're correct. Thank you. If if you're talking about just going to go to Herzegnovi, you might as well go the extra forty minutes around to Coder to make it worth it. So But because right. we were just going for dinner, you know, we weren't gonna continue on to Coder. But if you take a whole day trip, yes, it's worth it. And so yeah, that was my can't miss. Like a hard can or it has hard, to skip. Yeah, I mean, on my if, hard you, skip. if you're gonna skip something, skip yeah. that was yeah. was your thing. Yes. But I wouldn't skip anything else in Croatia because it's just the best. Yeah. So what are you going to say? So, I mean, I guess my thing that you could skip, and I'm go- again, I'm breaking the rules here because I don't really have anything and I am scrambling for an answer. Mm-hmm. So my skip would be going to Plitvise yeah. Lakes and not having a ticket. Well, yeah, and not having a ticket. So, but also now that I've done a little bit of research on the Kirka or whatever that national park is, I would almost say maybe go there instead because I think it has... 70% less tourists because I mean, yeah, I, I so I don't know. We have skipped Plitvise Lakes twice before we went to Croatia. You know, the other two times, this was a third. So we're like, well, we, it was one of those, well, we kind of have to go here because everyone talks about how awesome it is. So I'm not saying I would skip it if you plan for it, but it is if, so for example, if you didn't fly into Zagreb and let's say you flew into Split or you flew into Dubrovnik, then I would say, that's far enough away that I would probably skip Plitvise Lakes because yeah. it's it's very far to go all the way up there to see it. And there's nothing like you're not going to do anything else really around there. So if you're not flying into Zagreb and you're flying into the coast, then yeah, I would skip Plitvise yeah. Lakes. If you're flying into Zagreb, then I would only skip Plitvise if you don't get your tickets ahead of yeah. time. You have to stay in line. So that's, there you go. that's a kind of a funky answer, but kind of plays into my hey, this is, I wish we had done this. When we go back, we're going to do this. Um, what is yours? Mine is, I wish that we had either spent more time in Korchula, um, especially if I'm not pregnant so that I can drink lots of wine, or gone to an, a different island as well, you know, like done more islands because we only had two, was it two or three nights in Korchula? I can't remember. And... You know, I want like Havar is right next to there. I've heard that one's beautiful. So I just want more island time. Okay. So I'll give you that one and expand on it. And then I'll, I'll give you mine. I think my wish we had done, and we said this the very first time we did it, is get, renting our own yacht. Oh, yeah. Or, or boat with, with a captain and have a few couples or what have you and just going island hopping. And that's what a lot of people do. You go, say you take five days, four, five days, four nights, four days, three nights, whatever, and you just bump around. You're on the sea. You go to different islands. Obviously, you'd want to go late June, at, at, you know, to make sure that the water was warm enough. 
And uh, that's my wish we had done. Next time we go to Kreish, I think we have to plan it around yeah. that being the main thing we do and saying we're planning this because it's it's just another way to see it and an awesome way to see a lot of stuff that we haven't got to see it. Some of those, some of the uninhabited islands as well as some of the islands that- Yeah, that, that has been my inhabited. dream trip for five years since we first learned about it when we went to Croatia the first time. So yeah. So yeah, I, I'm I'm jumping on that. That's my real wish we had done. I'll give you one more really quickly. Definitely put Vise Lakes. I mm-hmm. wish we had known to book ahead of time because it is supposed to be gorgeous and fabulous. And I, if we had booked ahead, we would have gotten to see it. So if I'm in Zagreb, then I think it's well worth the trip down there if you plan it out right. So it was a bit of a bummer for us to go with that being one of the new things we were going to try out and not getting to see it. So there you yeah. go. Book womp ahead. Womp. If you take anything from this hour and a half podcast of Croatia, book ahead if you're going to put Vise Lakes. Mm-hmm. And go to Vitace for yes, seafood. Yes, those, those are the two and main points out. <laughs> you just got to get to Croatia. Yeah. It's Heather's favorite country in the world. It's right up there for me. Going this time, it was a quick trip with my folks. It was cool to get to show them some of our favorite hotspots. We probably wouldn't go as fast as we did this time because we only had 11 days. But going back, it just, again, we were there five years ago. Then we were there two years ago. Then we were there again. You know, to with so many amazing places to be in and go in this world, to go back to a place three times, a country that's fairly small, three times in five years, it shows us... And it shows you guys how much we love it. And going back again, I was just blown away. So yeah, just go. If you're thinking about it, stop thinking about it and go. If you're going, get pumped. Yeah. Because you're going to go to Tresenek and get that seafood if you can. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. It was awesome as always. This was a little longer with our destination diary than yeah, and normal. I, I can't believe I thought we could do Istria Peninsula as, as well on this podcast. So I'm glad that you talked me out of it. And I hope that you all found some valuable information on here. Even just the itinerary and the things to do. I think we had a great time on this trip seeing all of these spots. So just to know in advance kind of the lay of the land, I think is really important because when we went to Korchula, I had never been there. I didn't know about any of these towns or villages. And now that we've been there, I feel like, okay, yeah. I mean, now I I know what it's like. So I hope that we've helped you and... You know, if you have any questions about our trips to Korchula, you can hit us up by our email on social media at Pack of Peanuts on both Twitter and Instagram. Yes, and we probably butchered some of these names. So we have everything linked up in the show notes, extrapackofpeanuts.com slash shows. Super helpful, especially for the Destination Diary ones, because there's a lot of things we mentioned that you're going to want to go find. So we will take to all the hard work of linking that up. Actually, Casey's going to help us do it. So give Casey a little round of applause for linking all those up for us. And uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Don't forget, if you are traveling, we rocked our Suaves shoes all around Croatia. They're a new sponsor of the show. You can check them out, suaves.com, S-U-A-V-S.com. Use the promo code EPOP to get 15% off your order there. And I have my Tortuga backpack with me, of course. Check them out, tortugabackpacks.com. Use the same promo code. We keep it easy for your EPOP. That'll get you 10% off your order there. Lastly, if you guys like the show, leave us a rating, leave us a review. We're going to do something fun coming up. Uh... Similar to what it is, James Corden doing? No, I think it's Jimmy Kimmel's. The Jimmy Kimmel or Jimmy Fallon? 
I'm not sure if it's Jimmy Kimmel or Jimmy Fallon. I don't know. One it of might them be Fallon. Our... You're right. Yeah. They do the mean tweets where they have celebrities come on so and read So we are going to do our version <laughs> of reading mean tweets. But if you like the show, leave a really nice rating or review. That's super helpful. We haven't asked for that for a while. It really helps us climb those rankings. So you can leave that on iTunes or however you listen to the show. Please just do us a quick sod and, uh, and do that for us. Quick favor. Do us a sod. I guess I mixed those two things up there. And uh, thank you guys for listening. The support is always welcome. Make us the number one rated travel podcast on iTunes. And until next time, happy free travels. I'll show you Paris With a whopping 54.1% of its land as protected land area, Venezuela has more protected land than any country in the world. But Croatia's neighbor to the north, Slovenia, is a very close second with 53.6%.